is Perspective, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condice Presley, and today we're talking about your children and their safety. Statistically, more than one in 10 kids will be sexually abused before they turn 18 years old. Child sex abuse knows no color, no culture, no income. It does not discriminate. Now, if you could put a layer of bubble wrap around your kid to make sure that they were safe and protected from these predators, wouldn't you do it? I bet you would. There's a nonprofit organization in our community that provides just that service. Of course, it's not literally putting bubble wrap around your kids, but Revved Up Kids does teach you and your children how to be smart, how to be strong, and how to be safe. And joining us is the co-founder of Revved Up Kids. She's Allie Neal, and she's in the studio. And we had an opportunity to, to talk several weeks ago at another event. And I wanted to make sure that you had an opportunity to share this story with all of our listeners. Allie, thanks for coming in. Well, thank you for having me, Condice. I'm thrilled to be here and tell the community about Revved Up Kids. So now, how did this organization come to be? I know you guys have been around six or seven years, right? It actually is very much a God story, which I think a lot of your audience can understand, and maybe some wouldn't, but I will tell you that God has had his hand in this story from the very beginning, and we have been following a path that's been very well lit. Um, We have had an opportunity to train just over 7,000 children since we started in 2010, and we are working hard to reach more and more kids with this training. It's so very important. This training, tell us exactly what it is Revved Up Kids does. So we are addressing a really challenging subject. Child sexual abuse is not the conversation you're having at cocktail parties. It's not something that people share in terms of their personal experience. They don't share it openly, even though we know that there are over 40 million adult survivors in the country. Um, people don't like to talk about it because it's just ugly and scary. And a lot of parents don't like to talk about it with their kids because it's ugly and scary and they don't want to go there. Um, So Revved Up Kids actually helps parents with that dialogue. We provide a spectrum of safety training programs, all single session, and we work with kids as young as kindergarten, We do all the way up through college-age young women. We have classes that are co-ed. We have classes for girls only. We know that girls have a different set of safety dangers when they get to be in middle and high school and college, so we address that. We have training for parents, and we have training for youth-serving organizations. And the common theme in all the training is to help people protect kids and to help kids protect themselves from anybody who would want to sexually abuse, violate, harm, or traffic them. We are the only organization in Atlanta who's working in this way on the prevention end of the spectrum in terms of our training for children, solely focused on helping these kids understand who predators are and how they operate, and then giving them an added layer of a self-defense component that teaches them how to protect themselves if anybody's ever trying to hurt them or take them. There are tons of organizations who are providing support after it happens. And Revved Up Kids is is the only one that I know of that's 100% devoted to prevention training. 
How long is this single session you say that you guys are able to provide these services in? So we have a bunch of different training formats. The shortest one can be delivered in a 45-minute workshop in a PE class in a school. Um, And then we've got training that goes all the way up to as much as three hours in length. The great thing is last year we worked with a researcher at University of Georgia School of Public Health and we evaluated two of our programs for elementary kids. One was the 45-minute workshop and the other was our three-hour full-blown class with all the bells and whistles. And the data came back. We were trying to determine does our training change a child's knowledge about who predators are and does it change their confidence in responding to a predator? And the data came back almost identical between those 45-minute sessions and the three-hour sessions. That was a very pleasant surprise to us that we are even reaching these kids with a message that resonates in 45 minutes. So the work is effective. Yes. How did the researcher hear about you all? We approached him. We, um, We determined that we needed to put some evidence behind what we were doing. And so we did some research of our own to find a suitable person to work with and he came highly recommended so we're real excited about what he's been able to do for us. So now where do your classes take place? You mentioned you have the 45-minute session that I guess you could take into a school if invited right to uh, a class. Right so we work a hundred percent with people at their space so we're mobile we go all over Metro Atlanta we've actually been as far south as Columbus Georgia and as far north as Tiger Georgia up in the state line Most of our work, I would say 98%, is here in the metro Atlanta surrounding 13 counties. Um, And groups call us and we go to them. And then we also have developed a couple of relationships where we're able to provide classes for the public. So we work with, for example, the Alpharetta YMCA. And a couple of times a year, they offer our training and we go in and they give us the space and the class is open to the community for whoever wants to enroll their children to take the class. Do you have a minimum or maximum number of of students that you can handle in a given class? We have small group formats for groups as small as eight kids and we have large group formats for groups as large as a hundred kids. So we we run the gamut. So when the parents bring their kids in for the session do they stay or do they participate in the training with your your trainers as well? Some of our formats require parental involvement and then others like that 45-minute workshop that we take into the schools. We don't require the parents to be there, but if the hosting organization is willing, we always encourage parents to be involved. And we never charge parents for training. Oh, that's good. Because it's so important that they understand how to continue this conversation. So if they can see the class in action and be there with their child and learn with their child, And then they receive monthly email follow-ups from us that say, here's a conversation starter for your child this month, and here's a self-defense tactic that you can practice at home. We really want the parents to be involved in keeping their children safe. That, That is the biggest piece of all of this. What kind of preparation do the families receive in advance of coming into one of the revved up kids sessions? I'm just wondering how they're prepared. What the what right. is a child expecting when they get there? Because it's 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 a sensitive subject. Exactly, it's a very sensitive subject, and we do our best to provide good descriptions of the programming on our website. And then we also have, for example, if we're going into, I'll just use a school as an example. 
there would be a letter that we provide that goes home to the parents and it says, you know, dear parents, we've been invited by your school to come in and provide this training workshop for your children. Here's what it's about. Here's what we're going to be talking about and doing. Here's what we're not going to be talking about and doing. And in that regard, we really believe detailed conversations about sexual abuse should happen between parents and children. So we provide resources for them on our website. We're always available to counsel parents and guide them in that conversation. But we're not going to go farther in the training than what are your privates? Privates are everything covered by a bathing suit. They're called private because they're private and nobody should ever see or touch them. Um, and that's, that's as far as we really go. And then we rely on the parents to be able to have as much detail in their conversations with their children as they want to have. Tell me about some of the different uh, degrees of training in these classes. So you've explained what you tell children are areas that are always to be protected. Mm-hmm. Um, do they, how do you teach, do you teach, how physical do they get? In class. Um, so the self-defense training, the actual hands-on is included in all of the elementary age training because a lot of them are kinesthetic learners. They need to they need to do it to understand how to do it. You can't just tell them. In our middle and high school training, we offer seminar formats where we do demonstrations. The focus of our self-defense training is things that are very easy to execute, even for a small child, to cause pain to an attacker in a way that would make that attacker loosen his grip and give that child a chance to run to safety. Kids have a tendency to think that they're way stronger than they are. And so when we ask them, you know, what are the most vulnerable places on a person's body that you could always hurt, even if that person is way bigger and stronger, I would say they always say, I'll punch him in the jaw or I'll punch him in the stomach which you and I both know, a 200-pound guy getting punched in the stomach by a six-year-old, it's like a fly around your face, right? So we have to have the kids unlearn that, and they have to learn where are those vulnerable body parts? What can I do to really cause pain? And everything we do, too, is very simple to execute because mechanically young children aren't necessarily able to do complex martial arts moves with efficiency, and those aren't necessarily going to work either because... Somebody can pick a child up, and that child might be trying to execute a karate move, and it's just not going to happen. So a good, strong eye poke, very effective, and anybody can do that. Do you all try and help children and older children to be aware of the dangers that are out there online? You've got an iPod, you've got a cell phone once you get to a certain age. You're online on the computer doing all Mm -hmm. of your math and your science and all the things that I see my niece doing when she's online. How do you you school kids that way? And one of the biggest challenges, and I really hope we're going to have a paradigm shift with these kids, one of the biggest challenges we have is that online popularity is defined by how many followers you have. So kids let anybody and everybody follow them because they want to look popular. Our focus is helping them understand the line between someone we know and somebody we don't know in social media, in that online world. And a friend of a friend is really, in fact, a stranger. So we help them 
We help them frame that up in a different way, and we talk to them about their personal safety in terms of the number of people who are allowed to see their stuff online. I always say to them, would you let a total stranger come into your room and go through your stuff? And they look at me like I'm crazy, and yet they have a public profile and 3,000 followers on their Instagram. So I, I, I try to help them look at it that way. And what do they say is the benefit of that? Being popular? Being popular. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then you've got these these kids who have been able to create a huge following on their YouTube channel or on Facebook or whatever where they're actually getting paid for it. And I think for a lot of kids, that looks super cool and they want to be the next one of those. Um, but again, you can do that in a way that doesn't expose yourself, expose your private life, right? Yeah, being super cool doesn't necessarily mean you're super safe. Yeah, and, and mostly not. So we, we know that predators online are always going to be in places where children gather. And they always gravitate to the children who are posting provocative images, the children who are posting things about being sad or angry or hating the world. Um, those predators are looking for the attention seekers, and they're looking for the least and the lost. Those are the targets online. Because they're the most vulnerable. And if you can convince your children to lock down their profiles and only allow people to follow them who they know in real life, that's going to go a long way toward keeping them safer online. That's IRL for the parents listening out there in real life. I do know that. <laughs> um, and the other thing, we just launched... Um, recently a social media safety seminar for parents oh hashtag social savvy where we go in and spend an hour talking to the parents about all the pitfalls of online activity and we start with addiction gaming addiction people don't think about that video gaming addiction is a thing and little kids are playing video games for hours and hours and hours and so that's, you know, it's, it's addiction, it's cyberbullying, it's inappropriate content. What are, what are your kids seeing online? Do you know your child could do a search for SpongeBob SquarePants videos and he can pull up a porn site? It's crazy. So we like to open the parents' eyes to all of those things. And additionally, how are predators and traffickers approaching my child online? And what do I need to know about that? So it's a really eye-opening seminar. We've done it a few times, and um, it's been well-received, but it's, it leaves parents with a pit in their stomach to know what's going on out there. So you talked a little bit about parents needing to teach their kids to lock down their profiles. That means exactly what? That means every setting is set to the highest level of privacy. That means your child's name is not associated at all with that profile. I always suggest having your child set up a completely separate email address that's only used for their social media stuff and nothing else. And that email address doesn't have anything personal attached to the user profile. So my name on that email address might be, you know, Susie Q instead of Allie Neal. Um, and my username would be nothing related to myself or my name or anything. And that helps, that goes a long way because um, predators won't know your real name. 
And then also employers and colleges, guess what the first thing they do when somebody wants to be involved with them? They Google your child and they see what's out there. So if your child has nothing associated with their real name in any social media profile, guess what? That employer, that college, they're not going to find anything. And let's face it, kids are kids make mistakes. <laughs> kids make mistakes. Kids do things that are stupid. And they don't have the luxury of an eraser anymore. Everything they do online is permanent, and they don't understand that. So, so at least if we can protect them in a way that takes their real name out of all their posting, that can help them in terms of making a, a bad mistake that could be scarring. We're talking to Allie Neal. She is the co-founder of Revved Up Kids. It's a nonprofit organization here in the metropolitan Atlanta area that will come to you, that will bring training to you, to your school, to your group, to your neighborhood to help protect your kids against uh, sexual abuse and predators. Allie, a minute ago you mentioned, and we're talking about all of the terrible things that can happen to a child online you talked about how predators and traffickers will look uh, for those vulnerable children online. How does a child end up sucked into that world? It's very insidious, Condis. Um, and it's it happens way more frequently than any of us would want to believe. But predators are masterful. And they have not only tricks that have worked in real life for decades and decades. I mean, it's hard for me to believe, but the I've lost my dog, it still works. Kids are still lured by that. So now what's happened is online, the web has opened up an opportunity for all of these sick people to communicate with each other and to share what works. So they are actually, they're actually normalizing this behavior because they can find other people like themselves. When you think about pre-web, a predator was an island. A predator was in hiding. A pre, you know, nobody, nobody who was a predator would ever let anybody else know. But now, now that we have the web and the dark web, the dark web is where they're all going. What um, is that? So the dark web is the worst of the worst online. It's the place where Predators are able to gather and share information and share content and normalize their behavior. And it is servers that have been set up with very limited access. So it's you have to know somebody in order to access this content. So they meet each other in public chat rooms, and then they invite each other into these dark web um, communities, so to speak. And on the dark web, that's where most of your child porn is going to be shared and distributed. That's where they're conversing with each other about how to lure our children. Huh. And what you need to know about the online lures is these people are masterful. They're going to start out in a public venue. We know that most of the time when predators meet children online, it's in chat room settings. There are chat rooms inside the video games. There's private chat on Facebook. There's, you know, so chat room is a pretty broad place to meet a predator. 
and it'll start out in a very benign way that would not set off any alarm bells for your child. And predators are extremely patient. I've known stories where it's been two years of a relationship before the predator actually meets the child in person or gets the child to give them photos or video that's inappropriate. I mean, they are they will groom a child for as long as they need to. Incredibly patient and methodical. But sometimes it works way quicker than that. Sometimes it can be a matter of weeks. Um, so it's going to start as a friendship. It's going to develop into this person seeming like the only person in the world who understands your child. And it's going to seem like your child's best friend. Your child will trust this person completely. And we also know that almost always when a child meets a, an online predator in person, they go to that meeting willingly willingly they're not coerced they're not bribed they're not extorted they go willingly because they have a trust in this person is that something that's taught and i know there's you guys you talked about savvy social savvy parents uh the adult only the four parent classes that you have is that one of the ones that you guys offer for the parents so that is part of that social savvy that's yeah that that information that i just shared is part of that social savvy seminar and then we're we 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 lay out the issue, and then we give parents concrete action steps of what they can be doing to protect their child. What does it cost to take one of the classes, whether it's something that you guys have created exclusively for parents or a class that you'll take into a community for a, a neighborhood and the kids in the neighborhood and the families in a neighborhood or something like that? So what if I said zero to $70? <laughs> Well, that's a good range. It's, it's really it hard. Depends on what for, you do. Yeah, it depends on what we do. We have training in school settings for less than five dollars a child. We have um, private small group training that's seventy dollars a child. It's great training, um, but Just, we wanted to make it available to all families at a price point that they can afford. I have a hard time. Putting a price on a child's safety, I would say a million dollars would be more than, you know, still I'd pay that, right? Of but, course. But we we want to make our training available to all families and all children. And, and because we're a nonprofit, we have an opportunity to raise money through grants and donations where we can bring our training to groups who can't afford to pay tuition. And so, I think I know this week coming up, we've got Georgia Georgia Gives Day, and I would I know that you guys are, are open and eligible to receive money yes, that way. Yes, we do. And Georgia Gives Day is a great opportunity for the public to go in uh, georgiagivesday.org and search for Revved Up Kids, R-E-V-V-E-D, Up Kids, and... You know, even a $5 donation is going to train a child in a school. So small amounts of money. If you want to give me $5,000, I can train a whole school. <laughs> You'll take that, too. Now, how do people find you online? Um, online at revvedupkids.org. And there's all kind of information about our programming. And, and uh, there's some safety resources on there for parents. And we also have an active Facebook and Twitter that we're providing lots of safety content on those as well. Outstanding, and that's revved, R-E-V-V-E-D, up kids. Allie Neal, thanks for what you guys are doing in the community. We appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me, Condis. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. 
If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, MyAndalusCondo29 on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.